Welcome to Trivial Retreat, the game in which we turn the tables on the original 1982 Genus edition of Trivial Pursuit. I'm your host, Jason Snell, and before I explain what we're doing here, let me introduce my players for this, the second edition of Trivial Retreat. The names of the players of our first episode are lost to history, but I swear that these (laughs) six people will be remembered as patriotic heroes of the highest order. First, it's Gene McDonald. Welcome. (laughs) Thanks for having me, and I'm glad that even though it's the second edition of the the podcast, it's still the first edition of the game where I feel I have a a distinct advantage having been an adult or even born then in 1982 yeah you've got the home field advantage of 1982 <laughs> excellent excellent and these are by the way i'm introducing everybody in the order assigned by random.org um, that also means Random. that gene <laughs> congratulations your geography uh entertainment the pink uh the pink piece of the pie is anthony johnston hello hello yes <laughs> sitting in history yellow and going third it'll be david j lore hello i will take george gobel for the block um, okay, that, 1982 reference acknowledged. Uh, <laughs> arts and literature, a little bit brown from Shelley Brisbane. Hello. Also sentient from 1982, I look forward to sharing my masks of tragedy and comedy with you all. Excellent, excellent. Uh, in the green of science and nature, Chip Sutterth. Who is someone who has absolutely no idea what he's doing? For $200. Mm. This isn't quite Jeopardy. This is the show that explains why Jeopardy um, is better than this show. And, and, and last, when you think sports, when you think leisure, you think Dan Morin. Hi, Dan. Uh, so we've got genography, entertainment, loristry, arts and shell, literature, sutterth and nature, and oh, I can't even make it work for mine. Oh, well. That's a shame, but it's good to be here. Long-time listener. Okay. I don't have any memory of what happened before, but thank you for listening to whatever it was you were listening to. Oh, entertainment. Okay. Right now. Yeah, you like that? You like that? You're putting out. I can do it again. Do you want me to do it again? Never mind. That's fine. All right. Fine. Let me explain what this game is uh, because you may have forgotten because our first episode is lost to history, uh, which is like literally it was more than a year ago, I think. Um, I've got a box of cards here from the original Genus Edition of Trivial Pursuit. They're right here with me. And if you grew up in the 80s and played this game a lot, you may think you have memorized a bunch of the answers, and perhaps you have, but have you memorized the questions? We're turning the tables. In this first part of the game, I'm going to read a question from the back of a card, and my contestants are all going to need to guess what the actual question was. I will rank the results based on how close to the real question they get and about how much their their answers please me. Um, And as always... Players will be competing against our ghost player. This time, our ghost player is the greatest luchador of all time, El Santo. So El Santo will be competing with you. And if you he gets more points than you, that means that you uh, displeased me in some way. That's just how it is. Let me give you an example. If I said the category is geography and the answer is Mexico, you could answer what's the southernmost country in North America or what country originated but doesn't celebrate Cinco de Mayo or what is the native country of famous luchador and trivial retreat ghost player El Santo. All of those would be valid. And uh, don't forget, as we've mentioned, the time element. Inside this little cardboard box that I'm holding here, it's still 1982. The Soviet Union is the largest country in the world. Czechoslovakia and East Germany are still countries. And remember that while you're crafting all of your questions. All right, let us get started. And we, of course, start with geography. Um, I'm going to go around and ask each of you to consider a good question. I'll give you a moment to think. Uh, For this answer under the category of geography, the beaver. (laughs) The beaver. In 1980s, I don't... 
I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't yet extinct in 1982, so you got that going for you. Before the reunion film still the beef. I literally haven't got a single reference that anybody's made yet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the answers are in. Let's go around and find out what everybody said to question the geography answer. The beaver. The beaver. Um, we'll start with our geography representative, Jean. What is your question for the beaver? I, I really had no choice but to go with what is the state animal of Oregon? All right. Anthony? What is the largest rodent found in North America? Hmm. David? What animal was given official status as the national animal of Canada in 1975? Shelley? What animal is on the Oregon state flag? Chip? What is the state animal of Minnesota? Why Minnesota? Who knows? Dan? What is the state mammal of Oregon? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to assign some points now. Um, the correct answer, by the way, and therefore David will receive six points, <laughs> It is what is the official animal of Canada? Uh-huh. The beaver. I yeah. did not know that. The beaver. All, all you got to do is remember this game was made by Canadians. It is Canadians. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, David, I'm going to give you six points. Gene, the state animal of Oregon, this is an official uh, geographical boundary animal. Uh, I'll give you five points. Dan, uh, it was uh, you were more specific with mammal than you, than you need yeah. to be. But you still, you're going to get four points. Uh, Chip, state animal is good. Minnesota, I don't know. The golden gophers. Uh, gophers aren't beavers, but it's it's still pretty close. So I'm going to give you That's three. Very generous. Shelly, uh, the Oregon <laughs> state flag, but it was an animal with some celebratory things. Uh, so I'll give you two. Anthony, I like the largest rodent found in North America. It's a perfectly good thing. That's why you get one point, um, which is one point more than our ghost player. El Santo, the luchador gets. So Yeah, I guess that's more of a science and nature question on reflection, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it really could just be arts and literature or sports and leisure. I mean, we, that's a different category it's, that we'll get it's to. It's totally sports and leisure. All right, time for another one. This is going to be from the pink section, entertainment. Here's your answer. Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Send me Sullivan, your questions now. Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. What is the state animal of Minnesota? Ed Sullivan. Well, you know, you know, he really was a beaver because he had a really big shoes. No, no, no. What? Who no. will Robin Williams imitate six or seven years after this game is published? Multiple, <laughs> multiple times in multiple, multiple venues. We have some nesting birds right outside, which is really exciting. Yeah, they, won't <laughs> yeah, they won't stop tweeting. Yep. (laughs) So many people are guilty of that. All right, let's go around and find out what everybody said for the answer, Ed Sullivan, in the category of entertainment. Let's begin with Anthony. Ed Sullivan. So uh, my question was, who hosted the longest-running variety show in U.S. history? All right. David? Whose eponymous CBS variety show was originally titled Toast of the Town? Hmm. Shelley? Who hosted the 1964 television show that introduced the Beatles to the U.S.? Nice. Chip? On whose television show did the Beatles make their U.S. debut? Very good. Dan? Going to go for something a little different here. Who introduced the Beatles to an American television audience (laughs) in 1962? (laughs) And Gene? On whose show did the beloved children's character Topo Gigio appear? Say goodnight, daddy. These are all all pretty good (laughs) questions. The actual question... Unfortunately, was 
who made the Rolling Stones sing Let's Spend the Night Together as Let's, Let's spend, spend Some, some time, time Together? together. Oh, yeah. good one. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to give some uh, partial credit here because uh, the Beatles are not the Rolling Stones, but it, it, it's close. So Shelly and Chip, I'm going to give you each four points. Dan... Uh, who decided to be specific with the year and got it wrong because it was yep. 1964. What's new? Three points. <laughs> David, Anthony, and Gene, I'm going to give you all two points for that. Yay. Bless you. <laughs> and I'm going to give a pity point to El Santo because nobody got the Rolling Stones. All right, we're gonna we're gonna continue our walk through reverse engineering trivial pursuit with history. Here is your answer in the category of history, the yellow category. Alexander Haig. It's 1982. Alexander Haig. Who hosted the uh, TV show that introduced the Beatles to the U.S.? Alexander Haig. He also made the Rolling Stones rename their song. It was... <laughs> so I feel like I'm playing the part of Glenn today. So. <laughs> British Glenn. Yeah. Sounds like a nice place. <laughs> How long has it been since Glenn ruined a game show? Oh, at least 20 minutes. Almost too long. <laughs> we do share a love of typography and old magazines and what have you. So. You've seen your future, Anthony. <laughs> got bad news for you. <laughs> All right, let's go around and find out the questions for the answer in history. Alexander Haig. And we'll begin with our representative from the nation of history, David J. Lore. What Secretary of State briefly stepped in when President Reagan was shot? All right. Shelley? Who was Richard Nixon's final chief of staff? <laughs> I'll explain that answer later. Chip? Which U.S. Secretary of State declared himself in charge after the assassination attempt on President Ronald Reagan? Dan? Which famous government official's nickname is shared by the home of the International Criminal Court? <laughs> Gene? Who famously and wrongly claimed he was, quote, in charge after the 1981 assassination attempt on President Ronald Reagan? Oh, I'm sensing a theme here. And Antony. <laughs> Which Secretary of State incorrectly said he was, quote, in control here after the assassination attempt on President Ronald Reagan? All right. The actual answer or question on the card is... What non-president said, I'm in control now here at the White House? And as a result of using the words in control, Antony gets six points. Well done. David and Gene, uh, good answers, although not quite as right as Antony. I'll give you five points. Uh, uh, Chip, you also get five points. Uh, for the same reason, De declared himself in charge. Uh, he was actually in control, but it's good enough, close enough. Shelley, accurate answer. Richard Nixon, chief of staff, just not what we were looking for. Dan, <laughs> nickname? <laughs> Alexander Haig. They called him the Haig. His nickname was the Haig. <laughs> yeah. sure. Spelled differently. Never yeah. heard that. It's, it's accurate. Well, it's a great answer, and that's why El Santo gets three points and you get two points. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. And I failed to outsmart Trivial Pursuit, believing incorrectly that something that happened in 1981 would not be reflected in a 1982 right? game. Oh, man. In oh, history. No, it that. was recent news right. no, in they, history. Yeah, but they, they were that, big on putting stuff from the, you know, from the recent uh, couple of years yeah. before the game came out. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, the, the game isn't just questions about Weeb, Eubank, and Sky King, but there are a lot of those. <laughs> there are a lot of those. 
and Clark Gable. All right, we'll move on to the next uh, category on the card. It's uh, arts and literature. And here is your answer in the category of arts and literature. Steve Martin. <laughs> Excuse me? Oh, Steve Martin. I think we need a steep Canyon Rangers insert right about now. Mm-hmm. A lot of banjo. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Banjo needs to be in this segment. Who hosted the longest running variety show in U.S. history? Steve Martin. He got his start writing for the Smothers Brothers comedy show and Sonny and Cher. It's a little known fact that Steve Martin was briefly in control of the White House. <laughs> He's also nicknamed the The Hague. I don't know why. <laughs> He's part beaver. This is arts and literature, isn't it? Is it? Allegedly. (laughs) Is it? Allegedly, yeah. Yeah. Man. I think Anne should probably be interpreted loosely as well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Arts and literature is the category. Let's start with our representative from that esteemed community. Shelley, what is your question to the answer? Steve Martin. Whose first single, King Tut, was a top 40 hit in 1978. Chip? Who starred in The Jerk? Dan. What noted comedian, actor, and banjo player is also a novelist? Jean. Uh, which comedian is an accomplished musician known for playing the banjo on the John Denver Christmas special? Anthony. <sighs> which screen comedian's first book was titled Cruel Shoes? And David. Which Oscar winner starred in the Carl Reiner film The Jerk? Also great answers to everybody. Um, here's how I'm going to rank this. Um, the correct, the correct question was what wild and crazy guy wrote a book called Cruel Shoes? Ah. Six points. Auntie, was it the literature that got you? Is that what put you over the top? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the category. So I mean, because he wasn't a novelist until like, Uh, yeah, 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 whatever. He was a novelist. He's not You're 1982. So young. Uh, Cruel Shoes was a, a collection of essays and stuff, apparently, <laughs> yeah. not a novel. But nevertheless, yeah, because I mean, uh, your film stuff normally comes under entertainment, so it was it was a game. Well, normally, I mean, <laughs> I'm just a real trivial pursuit category uh, specificity skeptic, which is obviously <laughs> well, serving me really well. So we far. have a category. We have a, a a set of questions coming up that'll really work for you, Shelley. But uh, for now, I'm going to give Dan four points because he did get writing in as the question, mm. even though it wasn't technically a novel. It was writing. Um, uh, the rest of you all get two points for accurately mentioning things about Steve Martin, and El Santo gets three points because uh, he's the ghost player, and I like him. He's looking good. My original question said Steve Martin's composition, King Tut. Would I have gotten an extra point if I had said composition? No. <laughs> no. Just checking. That's good. No, no, I like the angling for points, though. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's move on to science and nature. Uh, and here is the answer in your category of science and nature. Fear. The <laughs> <laughs> mind killer. Fear is your answer. What? Scientific fear. and natural fear. Please send me your questions. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm experiencing that right now. (laughs) (laughs) I was literally doing an interview about writing horror uh, this afternoon. (laughs) I don't think I'm feeling horror right now. I think I'm feeling more of an existential dread. (laughs) The dread. The dread. doesn't have quite the same ring to it. The existential ennui. The existential (laughs) ennui. No, thanks. I'm off. We. <laughs> All right. I've got the uh, I've got the answers and uh, we're ready to reveal them now. Let's begin with 
Chip, Chip, the remember, your answer is fear. How are you feeling, Chip? How, how are you feeling? I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> then tell me your question. What does phobia mean? Hmm. Straight up definition. I like it. I like the 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 uh, directness of it. Um, Dan, why don't you tell me your question? What emotion triggers a fight or flight response in the amygdala? Anthony, why don't you tell me your question? What emotion triggers the so-called fight or flight <laughs> response? <laughs> All right. Gene, uh, what was your answer? Which emotion is absent from the textbook definition of a sociopath? Mm. Ooh. Sc- scary. Creepy. Never read too many scary books. <laughs> I love that Gene knows yeah. that. <laughs> David? What emotion triggers a rush of adrenaline and urge to flee? And Shelley. What is a negative emotion that can cause adrenaline to spike? Some nice adrenaline answers there. I like it. I got a rush. Uh, so I'm going to give Dan, Gene, and Anthony two points for fight, flight, and sociopathy. Uh, I'm going to give David and Shelley three points for adrenaline because that seems slightly more, I don't know, scientific. But Chip, Chip, you're going to get five points for what does phobia mean? Because the question on the card is, what does a phobophobe fear? Oh my God. <laughs> no. It's fear. Wow. I think FDR said it best. We have nothing to phobe but phobe itself. <laughs> Sounds like something a phobophobe would say. All right. We are, we're going to wrap up this, uh, this round with the final category on the card. It is sports and leisure. And I need your questions for this answer. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Sorry, I just always laugh when I hear the Cleveland Browns. Well, yeah, the Cleveland Browns. Anthony knows his football, so he knows that the Cleveland Browns are fundamentally something to laugh about. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's knowledge, people. It's good knowledge. <laughs> Chip has found the amount of pan in a thing. <laughs> I mean, in the case of the Cleveland Browns, it's not much. <laughs> okay, Sports and Leisure, the answer was the Cleveland Browns, and let's find out what the questions are. Uh, let's start with Dan. Dan, what's your question? What is the NFL franchise that has gone the longest without winning the Super Bowl? Now, it, it is a true thing. The, the Cleveland Browns have never even played in the Super Bowl. Never even played in the Super Bowl, which uh, that's got to hurt. And that that's still true to this day. It I is. Think, it, it is still yeah. true to this day. <laughs> it is. True I then, almost true now. made that my question, but I was not a hundred percent sure about that. Boy, that's a that's a very important fact about the National Football League. Gene, uh, what was your question? My question: Where did University of Miami star quarterback Bernie Kosar play in the NFL? Now, this oh, is a wonderful question, and it is completely Kosar, accurate. Wow. Bernie Kosar. Great yeah. Cleveland Browns quarterback did go to the University of Miami. And also the person who had my favorite description of an athlete ever in Sports Illustrated magazine. Um, he was referred to by a writer as as slow as erosion, which is pretty accurate. <laughs> pretty accurate. <laughs> Bernie Kosar just didn't, yeah, that's didn't move fair. a lot. Didn't move a lot, that guy. Anthony, what was your question? Bernie Kosar is a name I have not heard in a long time. Wow. Uh, my question was... What football team was named for their colorful founder? <laughs> ah. That's good. And David, what was your question? What is the only NFL team named for their original coach and co-founder? Yeah. Hey. Paul Brown, who, uh, by the way, little little trivia, since this is a trivia game, uh, Paul Brown's 
family still owns an NFL franchise. It's the Bengals, not the Browns, <laughs> because he had a falling out <laughs> with the owner of the Browns, and he, he left. And uh, he, they own the Bengals now, the Brown family to this day. It's very confusing. The, the Browns own the Bengals? What is that about? The Bengals own the Browns. Yeah, the, the modern Bengal Browns family. are not the same team as the old Browns no. either. It, it, it's yeah, very confusing. That's the Ravens. Uh, <laughs> Shelly. What football team has the largest number of losing seasons? Uh, you know, negativity about the Browns is always good. And Chip? Uh, again, true then, still true now. Chip, what, what was your question? Which team won Super Bowl random number? <laughs> uh, these these were all fun. I'm going to give Chip one point because he misidentified the Browns as being terrible. Um, Dan and Shelly, I'm going to give you two points for properly identifying the Browns as being terrible. Gene, I'm going to give you three points for the Bernie Kosar trivia. Well done. Thank you. And four points to Anthony and David for their accurate knowledge of Paul Brown being the source of the name, the Cleveland Browns. May I guess at the actual question? Yes. I believe it has something to do with Gail Sayers and Brian's song, that movie. <laughs> it doesn't. It ah! doesn't. Although that's a great cool. idea. Uh, six points to El Santo, our ghost player. Oh, no. The question <laughs> was, what's the only NFL team without any decorations on the side of its helmet? Mm. Uh, wow. wow, that's a good question. <laughs> I was going to say, what's the woman the lamest name? It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> like a slash of brown paint mm. would be on the side. I don't know. <laughs> El, El Santo nose decoration. And don't forget the Cleveland Browns helmets. Not brown. They're orange. Orange. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's true. That seems just the worst in every way. It is in every way. Let's let's check in. After our, our six questions in the straight up uh, write a new question for this answer round, let's check in on the score, shall we? David in the lead with 22 points. Anthony right behind at 21. Chip right behind at 20. Gene has 19 Shelly and Dan are tied, but not that far behind, with 17. And the greatest luchador of all time, El Santo, at 14, just a little bit, within hailing distance of Dan and Shelly. Beware of luchadors. They come yes. from behind. Let's move on to our Get Me Rewrite <laughs> round. Here, the goal is different. The goal is to make us all have a good laugh. I'm going to give you an answer from Trivial Pursuit. You need to provide me a new question. Um, I'll reveal all the questions secretly. Everyone will vote on their favorite. Everybody gets to choose a favorite. And the people who wrote those answers get points. And you can't vote for yourself. So don't don't try. Don't try. Um, here, friends, is the first funny question answer. It's in the category of entertainment. Keep that in mind. Entertainment. And the answer is Ronald Reagan. Please send me your questions. Now... All of the questions are in, and I'm going to read them now. And I would like I will ask my players to note which one that they like the best. And I'll come back around and ask you to award three points based on the one you like the best. Here they are. One, which Bedtime for Bonzo star went on to an ignominious career after leaving show business? <laughs> Two, which U.S. president called for a prompt while taking the oath of office? Three, what noted jelly bean enthusiast and football movie star also tacitly approved the funding and arming of anti-Iran forces? 
four. Who did not play a member of the Cleveland Browns <laughs> in Newt Rockney All-American? Five. Which actor sidekick would have been surpassed as a president by his co-star, a chimpanzee named Bonzo? And six. Which president's favorite TV show was Twilight Zone? All right, let's go around. Everybody is going to give uh, give three points to the one that they liked the best. Uh, we'll start with Jean. Jean, uh, which one did you like the best? I liked the, uh, went on to an ignominious career. Ignominious. Nice use of ignominious. Anthony? Uh, I liked the Cleveland Browns answer just because I like comedic callbacks. All right, David, which one did you like? I liked the second Bonzo answer. The second Bonzo answer. Actor sidekick surpassed as a president by his co-star. The actor sidekick. All right. Very yep. nice. Let's go to Shelley. I like the jelly bean enthusiast answer. Noted jelly bean enthusiast. All right. Uh, Chip. I have to go for called for the prompt when taking the oath of office because it's a legit joke. All right. <laughs> and Dan. Uh, I will go for number five, which was the uh, also the second Bonzo. The second. <laughs> Never go to a bon- <laughs> with a Bonzo favorite, to a second location. Favorite, yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite Don't novel, the second Bonzo. Bonzo. Does this mean the first Bonzo regenerated? <laughs> mm. This one is Bonzo goes to college. Right, there were two. All right, I'm going to give, here's, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, Jean's, Jean's uh, question was, which president's favorite TV show was Twilight Zone? I'm going to give her two points. David's question was which bedtime for Bonzo star went on to an ignominious career after leaving show business. I'm going to give him three points. He also received a vote as a favorite. Um, I'm going to also give three points to chip for his Bonzo themed answer actor sidekick. He got two favorites. So six additional points for chip. Uh, I'm going to give Anthony four points for which U S president called for a prompt while taking the oath of office. A legit joke. Indeed. Dan, I'm giving you five points for noted jelly bean <laughs> enthusiast. And Shelly, with the Cleveland Browns callback, gets six points because yeah. that made me laugh <laughs> the most. So that's the end of the first round of Get Me Rewrite. Uh, just to be clear, in that round, Shelly got nine, Chip got nine, Dan got eight, David got six, Anthony got seven, and Gene got two. Much more to play for here. Uh, let's go to our our uh, final Get Me Rewrite. It's from Sports and Leisure. Give me a funny question for this answer. Cross-country skiing and target shooting. Now, while they're doing that, I'll tell you the actual question for Ronald Reagan. It was, who signed Clark Gable's U.S. military service discharge? I told you Clark Gable was in this. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Here they are. Please note which one is your favorite. One. Again, the answer. Cross-country skiing and target shooting. One. Which biathlon sports, in combination, had to be rethought after participants had to be told not to target one another? Two. Which Winter Olympic sports may only be legally played in Finland and Nebraska? Three. What did Ed Sullivan, the Rolling Stones, and Topo Gigio do together to unwind after the show? Four. Name a Winter Olympic dual sport in which chimpanzees can compete. Five. 
what two Winter Olympic sports were combined into one simultaneous event with sometimes disastrous results? Six, which aspects of biathlon led to numerous accidents in Manitoba as fans emulated the sport following its appearance in a James Bond film? It's a complicated question there. Let's go around and find our favorites. Let's start with Shelley. Which one was your favorite? I will go with the Finland and Nebraska one. Finland and Nebraska. All right. Jean. Um, <clears throat> I have to go with the Topo GGO one. Topo GGO. Chip. I've got to go with that one as well. Love the callbacks. All right. Dan. Uh, at the risk of turning into a runaway, Ed Sullivan gets my vote. Ed Sullivan gets your vote. Sure, of course he does. Ed Sullivan. Anthony? <laughs> I, I'm also going for the Ed Sullivan Topo Gigio. Um, yeah. And Somebody's going to make out like Ed a David. And yes, as Ed would say, I will go with Terper Chichero. Well. Huh. I thought it was your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, still, I still voted for it. <laughs> Five of the six of you voted for that one. So congratulations to Anthony. Uh, wow. Finland and Nebraska was Anthony's joke. He gets three points bestowed upon him by Shelly. Shelly takes the other 15 points. Wow. Um, called the power of the callback is really shining through. And as for my point totals, I also gave Shelly six uh i gave dan five anthony four uh gene three and uh david and chip get two for uh i thought their their jokes were a little complicated david's david's joke was uh biathlon rethinking after participants were told not to target one another uh gene was chimpanzees competing uh dan was one simultaneous event with sometimes disastrous results. That's a good phrase. I like that. And uh, Chip was a numerous accidents in Manitoba because of James Bond. Very complicated. But I see what you were going Where with. is Manitoba? It's in Canada. It's oh, a Canada okay. thing. It's a Canada thing. All right. Let's move on to another category here. It is, uh, this is the, the easiest one you're going to get. Easiest one you're going to get, everybody. What category is this? I am going to give you an answer. You guess which category it's in. Nice. And if you get it right, you get five points. Um, And once again, for for, uh, honesty's sake, I'll have everybody send your answer to me and then we'll just go around. I just want to note before I send this to me, I looked back over my chat history with Jason and I feel like it's like a toddler yeah. texting him. What is this email organ? Who introduced the Beatles to an American television on 62? Which famous government? Cleveland Browns. Dad, dad. Daddy, what's the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> Son, you're too young to know. You're too young to know that kind of pain. What is this? Category? The answer is what does a piscatologist excel at? What category is this? Okay. Let's uh, let's do this. What category is this? What does a piscatologist excel at? David, what category is this? Uh, I, I'm going to say science. Shelley? I wrote science. I'm regretting it, but I have to stick to it. So I'll say science. Chip? Science and nature. Dan? Uh, science and nature. <laughs> Jean? Geography. <laughs> and Anthony? Sports and leisure. Well... A lot of points going to be given out if it is uh, science and nature. 
Not a lot if it's something else. And El Santo, ready to spring. Ready to spring. <laughs> Anthony, what do you think a piscatologist does? Piscatology is fishing. Piscatology is fishing. That sounds like leisure to me or sport. Either way, you are correct. It is a sports and leisure question. Piscatologists oh. are fishers. Oh. They're fishermen. Pisk. Pisk. The clue is in the name. See, I got the pisk prefix, yeah, I but I was thinking the science of fish. I didn't think fishing. That was the study. They study fish. They don't actually right, fish. Ology, knowledge of fish. That's Turns right. out it's knowledge of fishing. I don't know. Mm. Anyway, we're, prov- be we're proving, or something. proving that, that uh, this, is really, uh, this is really annoying. Okay. <laughs> Canadians. That's what we're proving. That's what we're proving. Okay. Staying with the theme. One more in this, and then we'll move on. What category is this? What was the name of Kingfish's wife? Sorry. The, uh, what? You what? just want the category. <laughs> I just want the category the na- for the question. Kingfish's. What was the name of Kingfish's Wife, apostrophe S, king, oh, kingfishes. So, ah, ah, right, right. Oh, not king. The king Ironically, it was Mrs. Piscatologist. <laughs> Only Piscatologists know this answer. <laughs> Alexander Haig. Excuse me, the Haig. The Haig. <laughs> I'll never forget the time we were friends and I were playing Trivial Pursuit, and one of them, it was, I think this might have been for the final game, and one of them really thought it got me. And he, he just triumphantly held up the card and he went, ha, who had a hit with Big in Japan in like 1981 or something? And I was like, well, it's Alphaville. Like, well, how do you know that? <laughs> that, ha- that happened to me with uh, with Light My Fire where it was like, oh, well, that's the doors. And I'm like, what? It is the doors. And I couldn't believe that they knew it, but they knew it. <laughs> Let's find out what category this is from. What's the name of Kingfish's wife? Antony, let's start with you since you won the last round. Uh, I'm actually a bit clueless on this one, but I'm going to say arts and literature. Arts and literature. David? I'm going to say entertainment. All right. Shelley? Also entertainment. Chip? Entertainment. Dan? Oh, God. Entertainment. And Jean? Entertainment. Jeez. Okay. So here's what happened. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> the same thing as last round? All but Antony uh, picked entertainment. Uh, so it, there's a real good chance here for El Santo to sneak in and get the points. Uh, also a real good chance for Antony to clean up in the what categories this round. And uh, so now I have to explain what the name of Kingfish's wife means. Well, her name was Sapphire. This is really, really timely entertainment trivia in the category entertainment. So you all get five except for Antony. It's from Amos and Andy. Yeah, I knew it was Amos and Andy. I can remember wow. listening to the radio sto- the radio shows. See, in my knowledge of obscure things, I, I always fear that David is going to beat me or tie me at least because we both do the same dumb stuff. Isn't that right, David? Yep. Oh, very much so. And this this is, there are so many, and there's, there's like tons of Amos and Andy questions in that first set. In the end, Anthony's... Uh, skill as an outlier means that everybody got the exact same number of points in those two rounds. <laughs> you know, it cuts both ways, Anthony. It cuts both ways. I only know Amos and Andy wow. from a song by the disposable heroes of hypocrisy. That's literally my only ah. reference to them. <laughs> I read this question and I had to Google it. I was completely baffled by question and answer. Uh, but you you all impressed me with your knowledge of uh, terrible things. So let's move on to our final segment. 
<laughs> These are our two fake out rounds. Uh, they'll be very familiar to anyone who has played Balderdash or Low Definition here on the Incomparable Game Show. Everybody's going to need to submit a question that seems plausibly like a 1982 Trivial Pursuit question. For every person who is who your question fools, you will get three points. And if you guess the real question correctly, you'll get five points. We'll do two of these. Here's the first one. It's in the category of entertainment. And the answer is Yoda. Please send me your question now. That's Y-O-D-A Yoda. Y-O-D-A Yoda. Yo, 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 Yoda. I'm not dumb, but I can't understand why he walks like a Jedi, but acts like a yam. Why he walks like a Jedi, but he moves like a hand, right? Because he's a puppet. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's better. That's good. Yeah. I don't know if it's better, but it's more of a puppet reference. I mean, uh, you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Stay away from the darker side. And if you start to go astray, let the force be your guide. Right? Yeah. I remember. I listened to Dr. Demento. I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Only later, when I knew more about music, did I realize how bananas it was for Al Yankovic to take a kink song and make it about Yoda. It's like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, wait. Did he really yeah, do yeah. that? I th- oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought... <laughs> I just started. I didn't know that either. I was just like, yeah. I just assumed everybody was riffing. Huh? Right. I lifted some Same. rocks, and I stood on my head, and I won't forget what Yoda said. Oh, well, yeah, certainly we. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's it's good. You should listen to it. You'll 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 be very amused by ancient novelty songs. <laughs> Probably will. They're about my age. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And if you know the original, then it's like extra oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I think I think they take your British rock music lovers card away if you don't know the Kinks catalog. Mm-hmm. Mm. So we're going for plausible. So no Cleveland Browns. Re- well, uh, <laughs> unless it's really plausible. Yeah, I would say that if you try to do a callback here, you might get some some laugh points, but you're not going to fool anyone. <laughs> but sometimes the laugh goal is to try and fool people. Maybe all you, you get points. <laughs> Sometimes that's the way I think about it. I hit send and I'm going, you know what? I'm going for the last. Sometimes you have to do the amount of pan in a thing. I'll just point it out, out that, Shelly, you're ahead now. So if you go for joke answers, you're you're just... Uh... No, I, I, I went... I just You've convinced me. I'm not... Okay. I mean, that would be a, that would be a power move to just go... Say, so like, I am... I am... I didn't... While, while we're waiting, let me give you a recap on the scores. Wow. Shelly in the lead with 52 points, a enormous lead over Anthony with 40 points. Then it's Chip with 36, Dan and David with 35, Gene has 29, El Santo, 16. All the questions are in, in the category entertainment. The answer was Yoda. Again, you're. Uh, I'm going to ask each of you in turn to... Choose which one you think is written on that card on the, from 1982. One, which forceful character did Frank Oz play in The Empire Strikes Back? Two, which character does Frank Oz play in The Empire Strikes Back? Three, what diminutive green character was voiced and performed by Frank Oz in a 1980 film? Four, what Star Wars character was voiced by Frank Oz? Five, what's the name of Luke Skywalker's troll-like advisor in The Empire Strikes Back? Six, what was the name of the Muppet character 
in 1980s The Empire Strikes Back? And seven, with whom did Luke Skywalker study on the planet Dagobah? Those are your options. Trying to find the real Trivial Pursuit answer. Uh, Let's begin with Shelly. What do you like of those, Shelly? I'm going to go with number three, the 1980 film, the one that doesn't mention a film. All right. Shelly, with the time frame, uh, let's go to Chip. I'm going to go with what is the name of Luke's advisor? Luke's troll-like advisor? Troll-like advisor, yes. All right. Let's go to Dan. Uh, I think I'm also going to go with the troll-like advisor. All righty. Lots of trolls. Everybody loves trolls that should go on a world tour or something. Gene. Can you read the question that came after which, what diminutive green character there was? Sure. Yeah. Number four was what Star Wars character was voiced by Frank Oz? I'm, I'm going to go for that. All right. Anthony. I am going to go with the very last one, the one that mentions Dagobah. Uh, it just feels trivial pursuity to me. Dagobah. And David. I'm going to go with the diminutive uh, creature in the 1980 film because I like that it's trying to fake you out into thinking it's the Muppet movie. <laughs> All right. This was a geography question, right? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just check. On the planet Yoda. All right. Antony thought that the... Uh, question was uh with whom did luke skywalker study on the planet dagobah that was david's question ah well done david thank you (laughs) gene thought the question was what star wars character was voiced by frank oz that was Shelley's question. It was the most like my question. So obviously I thought that I, I thought Trivial Pursuit in nineteen eighty two wasn't gonna go all detailed. I, I like that everybody else was specific with the film and I was like, Oh, that's gonna get me in trouble. Shelley and David thought the question was what diminutive green character was voiced and performed by Frank Oz in a nineteen eighty film. That was a very clever uh, fake out. But it was a fake out, not by Trivial Pursuit, but by Dan Morin. So six, six points. Oh. That was going to be my second guess. I suspected, Dan. for some reason, the word diminutive just made me think that it was a word that Dan would use because it's a good long <laughs> word. I just wanted to let you know that I also wrote uh, 1982 Trivial Pursuit questions. Oh, okay. uh, I was, I was <laughs> two years old, but I was really young. ahead of my game. You were very, very precocious. Yeah. That's right. That's, well, that explains a At- lot, man. <laughs> And and that leaves uh, two people on Luke Skywalker's troll-like advisor in The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, And if uh, Dan and Chip get this right, they'll get five points each. And if not, El Santo is going to take home the pie. But yes, indeed, it is the correct answer. Luke Skywalker's troll-like advisor, a phrase that would never be used again to describe Yoda. (laughs) That's that's exactly why I picked it. I'm guessing guessing Chip had a similar guess. Very much. It's also why I picked it because I found it delightfully (laughs) weird. All right. (laughs) Let's move on. We have one more fake out uh, round. This is in the category of science and nature. Science and nature. Just remember that and also remember we're back in the 80s. And that's why the answer to this question is... Oh, no. TWA. <laughs> TWA. For those who don't know, that is 
Transworld Airlines. It is a it is a defunct airline. TWA. Please send me your questions now. Dan's making a move here at the end. Now you've now you've jinxed me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Santo is not making a move. El Santo is uh, mired in the back. That's where he belongs. He's a ghost. It's fine. The Time Warians Authority. <laughs> Chekhov? Is Chekhov in that? Wessels. Wodka. All right. All of the questions are in for the answer from Science and Nature. TWA. I'll read them to you now. One. Which airline was owned by Howard Hughes for much of the 20th century? Two. What airline serves the most domestic locations in the United States as of 1981? Three, name the first airline to offer commercial coast-to-coast flights in the U.S. Four, what airline operates the tours at Kennedy Space Center? Five, what airline was the first to add the DC-10 to its fleet? Six, which airline operated a flight that famously crashed over the Grand Canyon? Seven, which airline introduced the 747 aircraft? Those are your choices based on the answer, TWA. And I assure you, one of them is true. Gene, what do you think? It was which airline first offered coast-to-coast service? First airline to offer commercial coast-to-coast flights in the U.S. Mm, yeah, let me, give, let me give that one a shot. All right. Anthony? I... I'm going to go with the Kennedy Space Center one. Alrighty. David? Oh, I think I'm going to go with the Coast to Coast Service too. Coast? David and Space Ghost are going Coast to Coast. <laughs> Alright. Shelly? I'm going to go with the 747. The 747. Chip? Coast to Coast. Chip is on the plane that's flying from Coast to Coast. <laughs> At least it's not going into the Grand Canyon. That's how we make this show. We're all on a flight going coast to coast. <laughs> and uh, Dan. What was the one before the 747? Was that the Grand Canyon? Uh, the Grand Canyon famously crashed over the okay. Grand Canyon. Uh, I'm going to go with the 747. Going with the 747. Okay, well, let's see how that how that did. Gene, David, and Chip all agreed that offering commercial coast to coast flights was the question. That was a wonderful question thought up by Shelly. <laughs> I think Shelly's got this in the bag then, hasn't she? I think she might <laughs> have it in the bag now. Yeah. Although that is true. They yeah, but a, a trivial pursuit question I don't think would question. ever be phrased as name that. Name would ask you a question. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's it wouldn't true. say name A. Shelly and Dan thought the uh, that the 747, which airline introduced the 747, was the trivial pursuit question. That was Chip's question. Mm, very good, Chip. And Anthony thought the question was, what airline operates the tours at Kennedy Space Center? Seems like a very weird answer and question, but indeed, that is the question that's in the box. <laughs> wow. Nice. Wow. Who operates the tours at Kennedy Space Center? TWA. Yeah, I, it just felt like a trick. It was going to be that or the 747 answer, actually. But yeah, it felt like <laughs> yeah, a Yeah, I like the question. Space Center one, too, but I could not shake the feeling that David had written it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, I, had to, I, I thought maybe you'd written it down. My, mine was Howard Hughes. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. If I remember that, yeah. I would have. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that yeah. all of them weren't about Howard Hughes, to be honest. That's that's why I chose yeah. the Grand Canyon rather than Howard Hughes. Well, that put the most of the 20th century put me off that one right away. I was like, no, yeah. that's not true. 
I've sent you all a link to something I just found out existed yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's called the TWA Hotel. Oh, yes, it's on the it's, tarmac at JFK. Oh, oh yeah. It's fantastic. I want to go. Yeah. I want to go yeah. so bad. I was supposed to go and, this uh, year. For people who are not in our Zoom chat, you can. Uh, the cocktail bar is a 1958 Constellation. Yeah. You can roller skate on the tarmac. There's all sorts of like old airline throwback stuff, and I want to it, go. It's on Wikipedia. Again. Literally, just put TWA Hotel into Wikipedia, and that'll take you there. <laughs> yes. Explain yourself. <laughs> All right, let's uh, look at the final scores. El Santo, our ghost player, you know, 16 points, not bad for a ghost. Gene had 29. David had 38. We finally found a game show that we can beat David at, everybody. This is very important information that can be used against David and all other game shows to come. Uh, Anthony had 45 points. Dan with 46 points. Coming in there at the end, just nosing out into second place, Chip with 47 points. Ooh. And our champion in this edition of Trivial Retreat, Shelly Brisman, 64 oh, wow. points. Wow. Well, so, well no, played. She can read the rest of you like the back of a Trivial Pursuit card. <laughs> and I've beaten David, which, you know, given that we excel in the same random trivia bits and bobs, that's an accomplishment. I'm amazed I made it into double figures, frankly. Well, uh, thanks to my players, Gene, Anthony, David, Shelley, Chip, and Dan, and uh, especially congratulations to Shelley for destroying the competition in this one. Thanks to you for listening to this very strange game show where we do everything backward. Uh, it has been Trivial Retreat. I have been Jason Snell, and we will see you with another game show next time.